Welcome to the Young Christian Business Guy video podcast powered by CBMC, the show for young Christian business guys about young Christian business guys. We talk sports, we talk business, but most importantly, we talk about Jesus. Today is July 8th, 2021, and as a community, we're unapologetically Christian, unapologetically business guys, and unapologetically open and vulnerable about our lives the challenges that we face and the faith and the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. We believe in spiritual mentorship, a.k.a. discipleship, learning what it means to follow Jesus and what it looks like to follow Jesus from another man. And we believe in the power of peer groups, surrounding yourself with others who are growing in their faith and can help you grow into the man that God designed you to be. So back at it here after the 4th of July, July 8th. Welcome back to all of our listeners and episode 70 today. The guy I have on today has got a wonderful story. I've heard bits and pieces of it, getting to know him in the last few months. And when I talk about modeling what it means to follow Jesus, being a godly man, godly husband, godly father, uh, this is a guy who's just a few years ahead of me in age, um, but a guy that I value in his wisdom, his per personal and professional experience, and I'm excited to have him on today. So without further ado, one of the newest residents to Franklin, Tennessee, Mr. Casey Simpson. Hey, thanks a lot, John. Love being here. Thanks for the intro. I'm a words of affirmation guy. So if you want to take another couple minutes, just keep going, man. I, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I just scratched the surface there. So we're going to yeah. start first and foremost with just kidding. We're not going to. <laughs> so as I mentioned, newest resident to Franklin, Tennessee. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I love being here. This is really great. I love you doing this for these uh for the other guys out there looking to um, not feel alone in this journey. So I appreciate it. What a great, what a great mission field. Yeah. Well, let's start with your relocation. What brought you from where you were to where you are now? You know, John, I have no idea other than obedience. Um, this has been the topic of discussion with all of our dear friends and family over the past six months is uh, we felt a calling to head out of Richmond, Virginia. Our time had kind of come to an end there. And, um, you know, we'd never heard of Franklin, Tennessee until probably November of 2020. And um, my wife just came to me one day and said, hey, Casey, I don't know what's going on, but feeling the Lord's tugging on my heart that it's time for us to think about leaving Richmond. And uh, just like most things in our family, the timeline progressed pretty quickly and uh, looked at different places around the country and then uh, long story short, we found Franklin, came to visit it, fell in love with it, felt felt like this was the place for us to bring our family for the next couple years, and um, or at least the next 10 plus years. Um, and we did it. We sold everything we owned, sold it all. We own nothing right now. And um, as a, you know, as a financial provider for my family, like that's a scary place. But um, we've had no anxiety about it other than the communication with our friends and family, telling them that we're moving across the country and leaving them without a good reason. Or at least a reason that some people can understand. That's right. I wish I could have told them that it was a, it was for a job because everybody understands that. Nobody argues that one. Mm -mm. Yeah. Well, I wish I could identify with your story. 
that's a total joke for people that know me because it's a very similar experience to what my wife Whitney and I went through. And if you ever want to just shut down the conversation very quickly, you could say the Holy Ghost is what what brought me here. And most people don't dig after that. So there's a solution for you if you just want to silence it it pretty quick. Yeah, the Holy Ghost. So that's good. Okay, Casey, you're in the time that I've gotten to know you. I've loved your story. So can you just talk a little bit about your professional background and bring us up to speed to where you are today? Sure thing. So um, I see in layers. And when I turned 15 and somebody handed me a camera, um, it all started to, um, I'm trying to avoid the cliche word, but it all came together. And, um, and so I've always seen in layers. And when I'm looking at people in conversation, I'm looking at, hopefully looking them in their eyes and kind of moving my head a little bit to adjust the backgrounds. And so it was from a very early age that I realized that photography was something that came natural to me and I was good at it. However, I always wanted to be a businessman. And so I always say that I'm more of a businessman than I am a creative. And I think that's still true now. So uh, let's take a, a long story, make it a little, little less long by saying with college at James Madison University in, in Harrisonburg, Virginia, and they didn't have a photo program there. And so I did all my photography work at night and photographing my friends and family, or, you know, mostly just my friends and my roommates and um, set some extreme goals in college. And I remember having this, this prayer to the Lord that I said, if you can work with me to win college photographer of the year, which is this big, uh, big competition to University of Missouri. It's for all undergrad and graduate students around the world. And it was all based around photojournalism. And it was sponsored by National Geographic. The winner of the competition went on to uh, do an internship at National Geographic. And you got the title of College Photographer of the Year, which was like completely out of reach for me going to a school that wasn't even a photo school. And so and um, my freshman year, I remember telling not telling, my goodness, that's a dangerous one. But I remember asking the Lord that if this is something he can provide for me, I will never go after another award or um, accomplishment in the rest of my life. And, um, you know, fast forward a couple of years, my, sophomore, uh, my junior year, um, I ended up getting, spending the next year after I went out and watched the competition live at University of Missouri my junior year, my junior year. Um, I applied with my work from junior year and into my senior year, and I ended up winning. Kid from a school that nobody had ever heard of in the photo world uh, ended up being named College Photographer of the Year. And I will tell you with 100% confidence that I have never entered into another competition since then. I've never desired it. I've never longed to be another photographer. I've never longed to make these massive accomplishments of accolades and uh, awards and uh, I just love that. I love how the Lord is so faithful and um, how he how he answers our prayers. And that was a true answered prayer. And so from there, National Geographic went on to do my corporate commercial work uh, after that, where I work with businesses, because as I mentioned, I love business more than I love photography. And so went on and started my commercial photography business and been doing that for the past 15 years. Um, the big piece of my career, my journey, and my walk in faith is in 2000 and see 2016, 
October 31st, 2016, I started having a ton of health issues. And they later found out it was a connective tissue disorder that caused aneurysms all over my body. And one of those aneurysms was on my aorta. So I had 2017, I had open heart surgery. Uh, between the years of 2017 and 2018, November to November, the connective tissue disorder, disorder started to affect my eyesight. And, um, and I'd already had bad eyesight to begin with. And so it was in 2018, I decided, you know what, being a photographer and being behind a camera for the rest of my life is not a long-term solution anymore for me and my family. And so I had to start thinking about what it is I offer the business world that wasn't me behind a camera. And I uh, started going to my clients and saying, hey, um, we've been working together for five, 10 plus years. Why, what is so valuable about working with me? Why do you keep coming back? And each of my clients started to tell me, you know, your photography is really beautiful. It's great. But the reality is, is your image library of all of your assets you've ever created for us over the past five to 10 years have now become our corporate image library. And I said, well, that's wild. I didn't know that everybody in your whole company was using it. I said, well, would it be beneficial if I took my methodology around organization and curation of creative assets? And I applied that methodology to all of your assets, all of your creative assets and your vendors and your teams, would that be valuable? And they said, yes. And so that is in 2018 when I started a company called Stacks, which I'm now fully focused on growing that business. That's and that's it. That's it. Story goes on. This is where I'm left off. The story's Man, not over. You had me going there. I was hoping you just go on for another 25 or 30 minutes. I was just being hey. entertained, and then you just ended it. Hey, uh, you know, you always want to make people just like with with good photography. You want to raise more questions than you answer when it comes to really powerful imagery. And uh, I think that's also probably a good, a good thought when you're doing um, young Christian business guy interviews. You know, that's kind of what I, what I think. What, what you found in your career of being a guest on lower to right. mid market podcasts. That's yeah. right. <laughs> I wrote down a, a great question that I think you asked your clients for, for business guys, you, you really asked in the most simplest way, what's my value? I, th I think that's what you really asked them because and they shared with you. So I think that's a good takeaway there from a business lesson is identifying truly you, what is your value to your customer, right? On the that's surface, right. it may have been pictures you were taking and they valued that, but really you dug deep and they said, well, it's your, it's your organization and your content management. And now yep. you're building a business off of that. And so we just kind of skimmed over 2016, 2017. You really lighthearted, shared some massive health challenges you went through right. in your early 30s. Um, we didn't touch on this, but you, you have three children. You're married. Yeah. Um, three, three, three healthy children and a uh, wonderful and faithful wife that's put up with so much. So. Hmm. Yeah, preach. Yeah. Uh, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> can you talk a little bit about what that was like in your early 30s going sure. through such a health journey that you did? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So um, my so my my health journey starts a little bit earlier and it actually starts with my wife's health journey. And um, so when my son, who's now six years old, was born in 2014, we had a... Um, we had a uh, unplanned C-section and during that C-section, 
um, myself and the doctors and the nurses, we all kind of spotted something that didn't look right. And it ended up being that it was her ovary and it was covered with what we thought at the time might be cyst. And so we found out a couple of days later that, that what we thought was a cyst was actually stage one ovarian cancer that we had spotted with our own eyes during this unplanned C-section. And if, if any of the listeners know anything about ovarian cancer, um, my limited understanding is that it's called the silent killer because women often, it goes unnoticed, undiagnosed until it's way too late. And it is, it is crazy aggressive. And so the fact that we were able to spot a cancer that is called the, uh, you know, a cancer that you could, should never see, that we spotted with our own eyes, like that was such a blessing. And so we went for the next several months having a newborn and two older daughters um, that were probably two and four at the time. Um, we started going down that journey of like the whole cancer journey. Um, we felt very blessed that it wasn't that. It, there was no chemo. There was no, there was a couple surgeries, but um, it didn't affect us like most of the time cancer treatment and recovery does other folks. So as soon as we kind of got over that little, kind of like that came to a realization that this is our new reality of fighting cancer for the rest of her life, because it often comes back. Um, it was at that moment where I started being played with a lot of funny, terrible, not funny, not really terrible, but just real health issues. Um, and so it was kind of like we, we started to come to the reality of one health issue with Ashley, my wife, and then we were faced immediately with my health issues. And so, and at the same time, you've got three little kids and a newborn. And so it was a wild time for my wife and I, and it was an opportunity to really see how other people in our community, our faith community, our non-faith community all rally around us. And, um, you know, we saw the Lord, in so many different people and in so many different situations. And so that was something we were truly grateful for. So turning the focus a little bit more on my health um, journey, it's one of those things where during the time of my, I am still in the middle of my health issues. Like for the rest of my life, I can't lift more than 50 pounds. Um, I'm in a constant state of worrying about my blood vessels that are now um, like dry rot at rubber bands. Um, this never goes away. Um, but my fear and anxiety do go away. They have gone away quite a bit over the years. Um, but you know, something that I took away from that is it was in this, these moments where I didn't know how many days I had left or how many weeks I had left or months or, or years I had left with my condition. It was so early on. And that was probably the strongest faith season of my life. And I miss it very much. I really do. Um, scripture started to come alive to me. And the Lord spoke to me often through worship music. And one of the one bit of scripture that really came alive to me was when Jesus asked, do you want to be well? Do you want to be healed? And when you read that without the like without a perception uh, or a perspective that I had of being in the middle of a of a health crisis and feeling the closeness 
to Christ in that season. When I, when I was reminded of that scripture, do you want to be well? It became real to me because I'm telling you, and I, I don't know how many people would understand this, but that is a legitimate question. There was a big piece of me that did not want to get well because if I got well, that meant that I was going to grow further from God in my, in my limited understanding because I was so interwoven in my faith at that time. And the Lord was so real to me and so present. And I never wanted to leave that place. I never wanted to leave it. And so when you come to that place of, do you want to be healed? I had to work through a lot to get to a place where I said, yes, I want to be healed because there's more to my life than me. There's more with my wife. There's more life with my kids. There's more life ahead. And I do want to be well. And that almost meant that I had to take a, in my head, I had to take a step away from that closeness and give myself up again for what is, what is beyond this health crisis. What's, what's down the road? What is, what's in store for me by choosing to be well? And um, it was a wild season, John. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know how many of your listeners are going to comprehend that. I'd love to hear from others that might have that same, you know, that same experience, but um, it was, I truly miss it. I feel like I'm on, I feel like I'm on the bleachers now in my faith life. And during my health crisis, I was, um, I was on the 50 yard line and I loved it. And it sounds terrible to say that. It sounds super selfish to say that when I had a wife who was worried sick about me and children who um, were so sad about their dad. It's powerful stuff. It's powerful. You talked about um, your you talked about your fear and anxiety have decreased, um, even though your health conditions have not changed. Um, talk a little bit about what that process has looked like. You with the fear and anxiety decreasing. Um, I think the reality is my situation hasn't changed. My health situation has not changed, but it feels less, um, every day it feels less serious. Um, and so that means when you're not feeling in that instance, like I remember sitting on airplanes and debating with myself, do I tell the flight attendant that I have aneurysms and that if an aneurysm or to rupture, this is what needs to happen. Like I thought about that every time I, I got on an airplane because I didn't know how elevation would change my aneurysms. I didn't know how sitting for a long time. And at the time I was traveling, um, at the time I was traveling internationally nonstop. I mean, I was on the road traveling to multiple countries a year, gone for two weeks at a time. And um, all of that had to kind of come to a little bit of an end, but you know, when you're in that level of fear and anxiety of not knowing how long you're going to be around and you look at your little children and your babies and your wife and that becomes a reality to you, um, the further you get away from that, regardless if my health situation is changing or not, the further I've gotten away from that, the less fear and anxiety I've had. Um, there were times during the first year or two that I would wake up in the morning and I would have a couple seconds of just clear thoughts, 
thoughts about just any number of things. Could have been what I was dreaming about or the day ahead. And then a couple seconds into being awake, I would be reminded of my, my health situation. And I always remember thinking and cherishing those couple of seconds that I had every day that I didn't have to live in fear. Um, those seconds have thankfully grown to minutes and now hours and many days I don't think about it um, too often unless I, you know, I'm contemplating picking up one of my children uh, who now um, all weigh more than 50 pounds. Or, you know, I look in the mirror and I have my, my big scar on my chest or, um, you know, I go play golf with my buddies and I can't see the ball. <laughs> and so I have to rely on them to keep an eye on my ball the whole time. And there's this constant feeling of, uh, not a feeling, but just a constant reminder that I'm broken. Uh, my body's broken. Um, but the fear and anxiety soon, like they, they quickly separate themselves from that. So it's, there's now there's just a presence of feeling broken, but I have no fear around that. In the short time I've known you, I appreciate you truly are like a tangible presence of being present. No, thank so you. Let me say that again, a, a yeah. tangible presence of being present. Thank and you. so in James chapter four, verse 14, it shares with us that our life is but a vapor or a mist. We will vanish mm -hmm. very quickly. And I believe we get on this hamster wheel of life thinking it's just going to continue. It just is going to go on. We are guaranteed tomorrow. We're guaranteed next year. We're guaranteed all these things. And you are a tangible representation of the fact that that's actually not true mm -hmm. to the point where your profession, where I might add, you've been highly, highly successful traveled the globe and that's slowly being taken from you of no fault of your own but yet you sit here demonstrating the fruits of the spirit adapting to your situation not letting your circumstances dictate your successes and i'm sure those listening will enjoy hearing your story um, we sat together yesterday and got a cup of coffee and, and talked about business i think it's safe to say i thought i was passionate about business until i met you um, but I want to hear a little bit now, if you were to share a lot of the guys across the country that listen to this are, are passionate about business. They find themselves in roles of, of president or CEO of companies. They find themselves in entry level roles everywhere in between. Do you have one or two things that you would say to a younger business guy that you've learned in your business career that would be valuable to them? Mm -hmm. um, great detailed question there, John. I need, uh, I need to think about this. Um, so I have failed a lot to the point where I feel like I fail really well. I'm really good at um, messing up, having to shut down a business, um, identifying when it's time to stop. Um, but I, I also fail really well on the fact that I learn far more when things don't go my way than when they do. And I take all my failures in business as shortcuts to success in my future. And so, um, I could tell multiple stories of failure, but, um, but I will tell you that the biggest piece is kind of like the, 
you know, now here in Franklin, it's like you can fall off the horse. You got to get back on it, right? But um, it's just a that's a horse farm joke that a, here for Middle a, Tennessee. A Tennessee joke. That's a Middle Tennessee for for our, for our listeners. Yes. Yeah. Um, but the reality is, is if you can fail well, you're going to be really prepared to succeed. Mm. I and, summarized it here. It said you said failures have been your shortcuts to your successes. Correct. I've never said that in the past, but it, it just kind of feel, feels right right now. Yeah, you should trademark that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard a guy say once before, he said, you know, experience is what you get when you don't get what you want. <laughs> that's right. You know, I think that's a good way to put it. I so, love it. Casey, as we, as we wrap up today, um, I just want to ask you from your spiritual perspective, I mean, number one, thank you for your authenticity, for your transparency, um, sharing a little bit about Ashley's journey and your journey. And you've been an encouragement to me, to Whitney, and I'm sure to the people that will listen to your story. But as you reflect back on your faith, you talked a little bit about the journey that you've been on circumstantially. When you think about the growth that you've experienced in your spiritual life, um, what role has either discipleship, so spiritual mentorship, modeling, et cetera, or um, peer groups and community played in the development of your spiritual life? Yeah, it's great. That's a great question. I would say that my growth as a young Christian man is uh, has always come through other other men. Iron sharpens iron. Um, I grew up in um, in a Baptist household. Thankfully, I had a wonderful mother, single mom for, for seven years of my life that, that took us to church every Wednesday night for potluck and every Sunday for church. And I don't remember a time where I didn't feel like I had the Lord. I didn't like that. I didn't, I wasn't, um, uh, I didn't have the Lord living in my heart. There was never a time I could look back and think like, you know, that's the day that I accepted Christ. Um, I don't remember that. And so it's just always been present. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for my mother for that. Um, but I didn't come into my true faith until I was 16 and I got a driver's license because I got behind the wheel every Sunday because I hated going to church. I hated it growing up um, just on Sundays. I just, I didn't like, I love the food on Wednesday nights. I didn't love going to church on Sunday mornings. Uh, but I did it because I had no choice. But when I turned 16, I knew that my mom was going to say, you, you still got to go to church. But thankfully, I had the independence then in an in a, in a 85 Jetta that I could sit behind the wheel every Sunday morning and say, okay, mom, I'm heading to church. And I would pull to every intersection. And I remember saying, Lord, where do you want me to go? Left, right, or straight? And every time I'd come to an intersection, I would just follow my heart on which way to go. It wasn't a constant prayer. It was just a matter of I got to an intersection and I followed where I thought I should go. So I just turned right, turned straight. Some mornings I ended up driving around for hours and never got to church. Some mornings I ended up in churches that I'd never been a part of. Um, you know, I ended up in Catholic services, ended up in Baptist services, method, like all of them. And what I took away during that time of 16, 17 of driving to churches every day, every Sunday, was that nobody has it right. Religion is not the answer. Faith is the answer, and that's a common thread across all of them. And so that really helped me grow my spiritual life. And then I would say I kicked it into high gear when I met my father-in-law, Mike Perry, um, Ashley's dad. And um, he pulled me into a community of other guys 
that really helped mentor me. Um, and through that, I started to really identify what it means to live life together with other men of faith. And so I've been a part of great small groups in the past back in Richmond. I've been so grateful for the role that a Bible study here in town that both you and I are in on Tuesday mornings has, has played in my faith journey and my, my landing here in Franklin. And um, so I would say without a doubt, it's other men of faith, iron sharpens iron. And um, I still have a lot of faith going to do. I've got, I, I am just getting started. Hmm. Well, thanks for sharing that, Casey. Just a, a quick disclaimer. Um, the Young Christian Business Guy does not endorse randomly asking which direction to go while driving, uh, just to make sure we cover any liability there. <laughs> no, that's, I love that, being led by the Spirit and the different experiences you have. And I, th I have this image of having your palms open. And so often we get our blinders on of where we think we're supposed to go or what we're supposed to do. But I think those were some of the most formative times, I bet, in your life of the different experiences you got of just being obedient to where you were being called. So I appreciate you sharing that. Um, last question, Casey, and then we'll talk about our, our uh, Bible theme of the day, mm -hmm. which is a we're not new on new on episode uh, 70. Yeah. <laughs> um, how old are you, Casey? I am Oh man, this always stumps me. I tried to figure it out yesterday. 37, I believe. Okay. 1983. Yes. 37. 37. I'm sticking no. with it. Final okay. answer. All right. 37 years old. So if you were sitting across the table from 25 year old Casey, mm -hmm. July 21st, July, whatever the date is, July 8th, 12 years ago, um, what's something you would say to your younger self? Um, other than stock picks, um, I would say, I would say, um, just go for it. Like you're going to fail a lot. You're going to fail more than you succeed, but hopefully your limited success adds up to far more than all of your failures added together. Mm. Um, there's a, um, you know, kind of keep never give up essentially my wife after i had started a um, i wouldn't call it a company but i started a tech you know venture uh probably five or six years ago when my kids were in preschool and it was called skiff and it was a child care software and my wife and i put in probably anywhere from 150 to 200 thousand dollars into it my wife followed me in that journey i knew it was going to succeed um because i knew that everybody wanted it just like just like her and I wanted it. Well, I ended up telling Ashley, I was like, hey, the first money that comes from, um, first money that comes from this business, I'm gonna buy a watch. Like, I've got my eyes on this watch. It's a Bauman Mercier watch, like, I love it. First money I get from the company, I'm gonna buy that watch. And she heard me. Um, well, I ended up having to shut that business down for multiple reasons, but I just shut it down. One day I just, I realized things weren't gonna add up and so I said, okay, we got we to end this. So I told my wife, she was super supportive. And uh, a couple days later, she gives me a gift and a gift bag. And it was that watch. Mm -hmm. And all she told me was, don't ever stop trying. Don't ever stop, you know, going for your goals. Um, I'm so proud of you. And so I wear that watch nearly every day mm -hmm. as a reminder just to like not give up know you're going to fail 
And that's all part of your story. So it's all part of your path. Come on. That's amazing. That lines up awesome with our Bible theme of the day. So our previous 69 episodes, we've had a verse of the day. Um, but when I asked Casey for his verse, he said, well, I want to talk about a theme. And I said, well, I appreciate that. But why, how about just a verse? And he said, no, let's talk about a theme. And so yeah. I, being the pushover I am, said, OK. So we're on the Bible theme of the day, which is fear not. That's so right. Casey, can you talk a little bit about what this biblical mm-hmm. theme means to you and has sure. meant to you in your life? Sure thing. I, have, um, I was never the smartest in school. Um, I probably have some learning disabilities that were never diagnosed and that's okay. It's just part of my, how I interact with the world. Um, but I've never been good at memorizing things, repeating things back. You know, my entire education was all around how do you memorize content to be able to, um, spit it back out when you're tested on it. And I always failed at that. And so scripture is no different for me. And so if I, when I got the question of like, Hey, can you send me a, scripture that resonates with you the reality is is like i just would have gone into my bible app and like combed around at some of my highlights and sent you one and it wouldn't have had any meaning um but the fact that we read in scripture nearly 300 i think it's 365 times in the bible fear not um i think and given the fact it comes in 365 days that's a daily reminder to us to not fear and we're coming out of a year and a half where we have been surrounded by people who choose fear. Uh, people, schools, businesses, everybody that choose fear. And um, being a risk taker in my professional life and my personal life, um, in all aspects of my life, I'm a massive risk taker. My risk tolerance is sky high compared to most. Um, but in order to have that risk tolerance, you you can't fear. You can't fear failure. And um, uh, my, my, again, my failures have shaped me in every bit. And so the less I fear, the more I'll probably fail at things, but, um, I'm so grateful for each of those failures. And, uh, with that, the constant reminder to fear not rings true with me every day. Mm. Faith over fear, faith over fear. Well, Casey, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on and sharing your heart, sharing your story, sharing your life and sharing some wisdom with us. So appreciate you. Thankful that I get the opportunity to live here in the same city as you and uh, get to know your family. And we just, I wish you all the best with, with your new business venture. It sounds like things are going great and keep on being you, man. All right. Thanks, John. All right. Man, what a great time. Um, Just, reflecting on so much that Casey shared with us and, and has been through. I mean, we can't help but focus on that journey um, from a health perspective that he and his wife have gone through. And it's just so fascinating to me to think about being in business and doing something, um, but it haven't, you know, having it taken away from you. I just think we, we take so much for granted in, in our daily life that we don't even think about that. And so I'm going to start with the, the end that he talked about of fearing and, and fear not. Fear not. Man, there's so many things we go through on a daily basis where I think if we dug to the root, it would actually be fear at the end of the day. Um, from a business perspective, he said, your failures are shortcuts to the successes. I thought that was really 
profound. He talked about failing really, really well. Um, from a business perspective, here's a question that you can really try to answer that he asked his clients when he was put in that position of having to shift his business. What's my value? We might have an idea of what we think our value is to our customers, to our clients. But if we really ask them, what's the true problem I'm solving for you? Because opportunity equals the problem plus the solution, right? What's the value that you're truly adding from your relationship with your clients? Um, he talked about the time when he was going through his health crisis was the strongest faith season of his life. And now he's found himself removed from that season. And he admittedly talked about being a little bit removed from his closeness with the Lord. I think that's a great reminder for us is maybe let's not wait for a season of difficulty and circumstances of immense challenge to really lean into our relationship with the Lord. Because I think now is the great time to build a foundation. Because if there's anything that rings true, you are unable to build a foundation personally, professionally, financially, spiritually in a crisis. When the times are not in crisis, you need to be building your foundations now that are going to support you in those times of difficulty. Um, and then finally, um, Casey talked about obedience. He mentioned it at the very beginning. But I truly believe the more that I walk this journey that we are called to obedience and releasing the outcomes. Uh, my pastor used to talk about that all the time. Be consistent in your obedience and release your outcomes. And as we close today, just one more focus on that. 365 times it's mentioned in God's word, fear not. Maybe more, maybe less, but fear not. So where in your life is fear holding you back from pursuing what God has called you to. Casey talked about his spiritual growth and the majority of his spiritual growth in his life has taken place from being around other men, helping him grow in his journey. And that's specifically what we want to help you do. So if you're interested in getting connected to a one-on-one -on -one relationship with another man, into a small group relationship with other men, other Christ-following businessmen, you can visit YCBGuy, Y is in young, C is in Christian, B is in business guy, GUY.com. Fill out your information. There's different ways to get connected, everything from a weekly call we have to a uh, virtual or in-person monthly group, that one-on-one -on -one mentorship we can get, get you connected with, or there's a box there you can fill out your info. If you're wanting to know, what does it even mean to be a Christian? I'm trying to navigate this. I'm trying to have conversations about this. You can check that box and we'll get you connected with somebody who's interested in dissecting that with you, digging deeper into that with you. We don't believe that faith is the absence of doubt. We believe it's the processing of your doubt. And so if you're interested in getting connected, please visit that website, fill out your information, and we'll get you connected today. So thanks for tuning in on July 8th, 2021 to the Young Christian Business Guy video podcast powered by CBMC. I'm John Harrison, your host. And until next time, take care.